Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Carol Jean. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. And welcome, everybody. You do continue to have a chance for some money. In about 15 minutes, another keyword will be revealed on the John and Ken Show around 2.20. Find out what that is for a shot at $1,000. How's that? Uh, Chef Chef Eric Sklar is prepared for us today on the John and Ken Show, a Kamala Harris word salad buffet that we will enjoy a little later on this uh-huh. hour. Yeah, he did put it together. It's almost four minutes. You're gonna be able to stand there. What kind or? of dress? Uh, what kind of dressing do you put on a Kamala Harris word salad? Very light. Very. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to go too heavy because you may gag on it. Um, like a vinaigrette. How uh, how many uh, clips do we have? I believe it's about 10 total. 10 clips. So you're just going to run them all uh, through. Yeah, and just some nice light dinner music under it for, for a nice salad. So this is the yeah. salad of salads here. It's a, we're we're going to take 10 individual salads and throw it into one huge serving bowl. It's exactly right. And everybody can eat at the Kamala Harris uh, Word Salad Buffet. Uh, it's a variety of topics, too. I mean, she's been spouting <laughs> for the last year and a half since she's been vice president. <laughs> if you can make out what the topics are. That's not always obvious. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, the big story. um, Can you turn down your headphones a little bit? Because I can hear myself. Am I radiating? Sorry. Uh, Generally, it's just a small adjustment. Okay. Uh, The big story last week, and of course, where we ended the show on Friday, was the announcement that they had arrested two suspects in the deadly 7 Eleven crime spree that occurred Monday morning, July 11th. And the announcement was made that the two are named Malik Pat from L.A. He's 20 years old. His accomplice, or at least we believe so at this point, is 44-year-old Jason Payne. 
And apparently the connection between them is that they live on the same street in L.A. They were arrested in L.A., but of course this crime spree took us to the Inland Empire and Orange County all over the place, where they're saying now that Malik Pat, and this is how uh, Todd Spitzer described him, just a cold stone shooter, killer. Uh, he's the one that was seen in the surveillance video from the 7-Elevens. He is the one that carried out the shootings, which killed two and wounded three. And they're also saying that he may have killed a homeless man in North Hills on July 9th, which is two days before all of this started. They, they should, think uh, that they're linking oh, these two to a few more crimes. Yeah, well, I, I wonder how many cold cases they're going to be looking at. Because uh, this was just his first day shooting, and he decided to take out a whole uh, a whole pile of people. And how about his partner here? This guy's been around a long time. I'd like to see what his rap sheet is, because he's 44, and he's got gray hair and a gray beard. Yeah, I don't see anything yet in any stories about their priors. <laughs> oh, well, of course not. <laughs> um, well, you would think... Todd Spitzer would release that because I you, and he's probably very busy and he will, but it's not like you're going to get the LA Times to go digging around. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the 20 year old has priors. Oh, you start yeah. shooting people dead, and in some cases for no reason at all. They were just customers at the 7-Eleven. It's not, very not to mention that, but this is always overlooked. The vast number of crimes that he was never caught for. It the, says the homeless guy was killed. In North Hills, about 200 yards away from a 7-Eleven that was robbed later that day. So I don't know what the story is there. And that's really the, where this began. Or maybe they may find more stuff. But July 9th, uh, that's, that was Saturday. Then, of course, Sunday, or rather Monday morning, July 11th, uh, there was a, a robbery in Ontario. No shots were fired. Then they went on to Upland. Then they went to Riverside. And we know this story because uh, we still have a GoFundMe up there for Jason Harrell. He was shot. He was a customer at the 7-Eleven, just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it looks like Malik Pat just shot him. And then after that, a Yum Yum Donuts in Santa Ana was robbed. 20 minutes later, we had the Santa Ana robbery where a 24-year-old man by the name of Matthew Rule was shot outside the 7-Eleven. They found him in the parking lot with a gunshot wound. It says here that he was not the primary target of the shooter. The gunman was targeting someone else, but Rule stepped in to redirect the robber and was shot. That's harsh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a tough was, call to make. Yeah, the Brea 7-Eleven, uh, the clerk there who was killed is 40-year-old Matthew Hirsch. And then finally, La Habra 7-Eleven was robbed. Oh. Well, all we need to know is how many times these guys were arrested and didn't spend enough time in prison. Yeah, that seems to be the trend, isn't it? Almost every day, almost every day when I read, uh, you know, all the local news sources, it's about some guy who committed a crime. Oh, and he was let out. And there's different uh, exit paths they take, and we all know what they are, but it's always the same thing. People who are really bad are really bad every day of their lives. This is what they do. This is their profession. This is, and, and they're not embarrassed by it. Yeah. They're, 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 they're sociopaths or psychopaths in, in that some of them actually enjoy the harm they bring. And uh, they're not changeable, cannot rehabilitate them. But they, they commit a lot of crimes that are never reported or never, they never get caught for. And then the ones they do commit, they're spun out of jail quickly. 
the next two stories are cases where these people should not be out of prison, and we know that. The first is the shooting of a San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputy in Rancho Cucamonga, which occurred over the weekend. Apparently, a man called the police saying that um, there was a suspicious vehicle parked outside his home. In fact, he wasn't the only one that noticed it. He says it was there for hours with the lights blinking. Uh, The guy kept getting in and out of the car, using a cell phone, had a laptop in the car. He was saying, well, if he needs AAA, how come they haven't come? So also parked in a no parking area. So he just he just called sheriff's deputies to check to see what was going on. And a few minutes later, a deputy returned to the car and apparently the suspect lunged at the cop, knocked him to the ground and shot him several times while standing over him. The witness, who I mentioned that lives in the neighborhood, immediately called 911 to report that officer was down. But apparently the the police officer was able to do the same thing, and he gave a description of the suspect who ran, and they've identified him as 35-year-old Nicholas Campbell from Northern California. 35. San Bernardino County Sheriff Shannon Dykus confirmed that this guy has a long rap sheet, is on probation for a carjacking in Northern California. Probation. He was arrested in September of 2017. He and a woman allegedly broke into the sunroof of a car that they had locked themselves out of. The responding officers found the car had been stolen in Northern California, a possible carjacking. He was booked on possession of stolen property, illegal possession of a gun. And uh, it looks like he got a probation for that at some point. Probation. I don't know if he got jail time and then was put on probation or, well, that'd be parole, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's had felony arrests before, including burglary, residential breaking and entering, fencing stolen property, auto theft. See, this is what three strikes was about. Yeah, how many strikes is strikes is that there? I I don't know how far back this goes because it's just a short summary in a news article, but it goes back at least five years. So, so, you know, very few crimes actually make it all the way to a conviction of the highest charge. So many of them. Uh, like oh, I yeah, said, they're it, pled down. They're pled down, yeah. Particularly and, the last 10 years because eh, prison overcrowding. So Re- they, Remember they, famously when Jerry Brown told the uh, district attorney for, uh, I think it was San Bernardino County, don't send me any more prisoners. Don't send me anybody to death row. Don't do any more of this. He was like waving yeah, his arms. I know. No more. <laughs> no oh, more I prisoners. See. So let's change how we prosecute people because you <laughs> think the prisons are too crowded. It's amazing. Yeah, and they, and they basically stopped prosecuting people. So that oh, was, they did. Yeah, so you could commit unlimited crimes and there were no consequences. So this is what we're getting now. Yeah. We're getting people exactly. committing. Look how many of the Seven uh, Eleven guys committed in uh, just a day. Two yeah. days. The, the morning of July 11th. Yeah. Terrible. Crimes. Look at the spree that, that they went on. Because there is every single one of them knows there's little to no consequence now. I know. So uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on that story, see if we can find out about their past criminal records. And with the drugs you know, this stuff on? just gets lost. People are really hooked on a crime story, which is as awful as this, for a couple of days. Then they hear that these two have been caught, arrested, booked, and then they just walk away. Right. Not knowing that the other part of the story is the fact that they probably shouldn't be on the street I know. at all. And that's just the, like the guy that killed the two Almani police officers. And there's very little follow up in the media. So the average person, even if they want to know, has nowhere to find out the information. 
I mean, we don't have privy to all the uh, law enforcement databases. Right. And I remember years ago finding out when Eric Leonard was covering these kind of crimes, uh, the, the law enforcement didn't have access to all the databases in the state. And it was always very dif- difficult to piece together a rap sheet if the guy had been arrested in all these different counties, let alone states. That's a whole other problem. But there, there's no there's no central uh, database to find out just how bad a guy was. Not not even for for the uh, police themselves when they do the arrest. There should be somebody out there with a website that connects all these dots, and whenever you have this these outrageous crime sprees, has a complete background on these people right away for everybody to look up, to know just how often this happens. Because you're right. Everybody thinks when they hear these stories, oh, that's terrible. But they don't realize that a lot of these guys have long past criminal records. <laughs> so much of this. Which we never punish enough for. So much of this is preventable if you just put the bad guys away. And I, the reluctance to do this or the reluctance to get inter- interested enough. Because I, I, I'm sure most people want them put away. But people are so disconnected now. So apathetic, distracted. That there's there you can't get the, uh, the, the enough momentum going. You can't get a, a critical mass of people. All right. Well, when we come back, the next terrible crime we're going to talk about hits the trifecta. It's a homeless guy with a past criminal record who actually had a warrant out for his arrest at the time. They believe he stabbed a man to death who's of some prominence at a gas station in Westminster. This was the number one emailed story to the John and Ken show over the weekend, and we'll tell you what we know about it. Also, as soon as we come back, you get that keyword for money. John and Ken Show, KFI. All right, coming up after 2.30, we will play you our uh, Kamala Harris uh, word salad buffet. It's almost four minutes. It's a collection of uh, her random word generator, how her brain works when she's asked questions about either Roe v. Wade or illegal immigrants or you name it, whatever the topic the is. Random stuff comes out. Or what did you have for breakfast? A- yeah, it's just very bizarre, and uh, we've decided to loop them together. It kind of occurred to us Friday that might be funny. And so it might get to listen to it. It'd be a good uh, game to figure out what, what do you think she was talking about? Like, either what was the question or what was the topic of the speech? Uh, that's actually pretty good. You might be uh, pretty disguised, a lot she, of the answers. <laughs> she tends to repeat words, too. It's another big thing. Yeah. I've never heard Focus anybody, on a word and repeat it. I've never heard anybody in public life serious, do that. And seriously and serious. Now, have you ever heard anybody who speaks in public life do that? Where, uh, not just once. I think it's a coping mechanism. The way she giggles, too. Nervous? She's just, she's just she's not a good public speaker. Insecure? Like, does she feel she's in over her head? Uh, she's afraid of... All those things? Yeah. I don't know what kind of nightmare she has, but... Uh, I, I don't know. You know, know you that. have those nightmares where you feel like you're in over your head and things are just going down the drain quickly, well, whether it's at work or school or whatever. Well, if she, she thinks... Those nightmares? If she thinks she's in over her head... <laughs> See, that's why you want people who have a lot of experience and approach the world with confidence, because when you when you go the other way, this is what you get. All right. Well, at least when we get to this story of violence and a lot of listeners sent us this over the weekend, this actually happened last Wednesday in Westminster. But the detail of it and the finale of it came out this weekend, because in this case, at least we can say the alleged killer is dead. It is a homeless man by the Trent by the name of Trent William Millsap. And when you look at the booking photo, uh, somewhere in there, there's a person because the tattoos are everywhere. That they is, actually had him turn 
it's like a split photo where he's turned on one side of his face, you can see, and then he's sort of staring at the camera the other. There's just tattoos all over his face, his neck. That, that, looks like all, that looks like all social media photos he was showing off. Oh, it could be. You're right. I mean, that is so hideous. There's something about guys with tattoos over their head, neck, and their scalp. You know, when they have shaved heads and they have the tattoos on their forehead. It's so scary to me. Well, it's supposed to indicate a real deep level of masculinity. I'm a tough guy. I know. It's, 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 it's a psychotic person because nobody normal does that. You're a psycho when you do that. And you're trying to tell the world, I'm a psycho. I can kill you. That's the yeah. message they want out. So what happened Wednesday at a 76 gas station in Westminster is that Millsap is accused of stabbing to death a former NASCAR driver by the name of Bobby East. I don't think he had incredible success on the NASCAR circuit, but he was a three-time United States Auto Club national champion driver in something called the USAC Silver Crown and Midgets. Um, what we don't know with this story is what was going on between them at the gas station that the vagrant would stab him to death. Was he trying to rob him and he resisted? Not a lot of detail even here five days after this happened is coming out. But what we do know, and I wouldn't be surprised if the distinctive tattoos were a big factor in this, they were able to, and maybe surveillance video, say, oh, I know that guy because he's got a criminal record. They went looking for Trent William Millsap a couple of days later, and apparently there was an exchange of gunfire and Millsap's dead. Well, good. in an apartment in Anaheim. That's good. Yep. They, they responded to serve a search arrest warrant for him, and uh, it looks like he may have pulled a gun. just says that during the service of the search warrant, an officer-involved shooting took place. No officers were injured. However, a police canine did sustain a single gunshot wound. Not life-threatening, so oh I imagine God, the vagrant shot. Oh, my God, he shot the shot. dog. Yeah, not life-threatening, though. The dog will recover. Um, but in this case, it looks like the killer is dead. And... Um, they found the race car driver on the ground. He had a serious chest wound. They took him to a nearby hospital where he was pronounced dead. Now, East was born in California, supposedly lived in San Dimas. Um, he moved to Indiana to pursue his racing career, and he was immediate success in the USAC Career Auto Club. Uh, his first career triumph was something in the National Midgets in 2001. Um, and uh, he was also a featured winner at the age of 16. So we don't know what his life was like these days. I saw a vagrant interviewed on the news in relation to this story who thought that, that East was also homeless. I, I don't know that to be the case. I'm not saying that's the case. But this homeless guy said, yeah, I see him around here. He's been around here. Uh, it, mm. Acting like he's one of us living around it here. It doesn't I guess. seem likely. I, I read he, he had bought a half-million-dollar home at some point Yeah, in one know. of the stories. So. I don't know. Talk, talking to vagrants is not the best, uh, best way to get Maybe he was just approached and without, you know, maybe he was just, uh, they just they just came up to him and wanted money and maybe he said no and immediately stabbed well, him that, to death. Well, there's a lot of just random stabbings and, and shootings and, and beatings. Uh, the, the, the guys who look like this assailant, Millsap, the drugs that they're on to get through the day, and if it's meth... It, it makes you intense and violent, aggressive, unpredictable. 
you can't help but be that way because your brain is getting cooked. Well, Millsap clearly, obviously had a criminal record. And in fact, there was an outstanding parole warrant at the time of the stabbing. Police said he was armed and dangerous, so they were already looking for him for some other parole violation when they definitely went looking for him for, to, for stabbing yeah. now a race car driver. Now, what's day. that story? I, I, yeah, but, these but, are all dead ends. No, no, nobody no. in the media digs. No. They don't dig. And they just give us you know, the basic facts that the police give us, and that's yeah. that. And then when you when it, when when it, somebody asks a question of the parole office or the probation office, it's, well, you don't understand. We're understaffed. We're overburdened. We all have a hundred cases. You know, when they don't check in, we really don't know where they are, and the police really don't want to go and, and serve a warrant because if you do, they're just going to be released in a couple of hours anyway. Nothing really sticks because it's just a, a citation to appear in court i've heard yeah, it a hundred times and they may all be true but it's like everything else the whole system is busted there's no serious effort to get bad guys off the street and keep them there they just don't care even if these people end up murdering they just don't care the way the new york times described it mr Millsap was on parole for armed robbery at the time and had an outstanding warrant for his arrest in an unrelated parole violation that's about as much description as I can An get. unrelated well, parole violation. Meaning it's a parole violation unrelated to the armed robbery? I don't know what that means. Sounds like it. Oh, in other words, he had a long record. And again, you look at the guy and that roadmap of tattoos on both sides of his face and his scalp and his neck, and you know he's got, he's got a long list of crimes. I mean, well, that's, he's dead. that's his life. And now he's dead, and that, that's a good thing. And we yeah, That's a good thing. We won't be released again to stab somebody else. All right, we got more coming up, including our Kamala Harris word salad buffet. John and Ken, KFI. All right, didn't win the $1,000 with that keyword. Another one's coming up at 320 on the John and Ken show. You just got to enter it at the website. Hey, ho, hi, ho, Barbara Ferreira's got to go. Hmm. We'll talk about that coming up after 3 o'clock. There's a petition circulating and... There's a top medical officer for L.A. County who says, what crisis with COVID right now? There's no crisis at the hospitals. What, who's talking crisis? We'll get into all of that. Steve yeah, Cracker, looks, like, uh, looks like this, this COVID surge uh, might be made up. It's just... Well, I ran into someone this morning that had COVID last week, but again, described it as like a cold. Just a yeah, it made, and... made up in the sense that there, there aren't many severe cases at all. That's what the doctors are saying. There's not severe cases. It's just a lot of mild stuff. Right. So, so go back to any kind of restrictions. It has to be more serious than that, and it's not. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the vice president, Kamala Harris. Well, this is rich. Apparently, late on Friday... Um, her speechwriter left. She had somebody writing that? Megan Groob, who was only hired on April 4th. Wow, that's a bad run, huh? Because uh, she's gotten really bad in the last few months. Harris is director of speechwriting. Director of speechwriting. It's yes. hard to believe somebody gets paid for writing that uh, that flaccid nonsense. Well, only four months on the job. You can't blame this woman for the first year and a couple of months I, I, in. I know, but it just it seems like she's taken a marked uh, like descent into incoherence yeah. in, in recent weeks. Another one with a great name left to Rohini Kosoglu. Who Koso actually glue? has Kosoglu. Kosoglu. K O S O G L U. Kosoglu. 
There's a basketball big, player named Turkoglu, wasn't there? There was. Hito Turkoglu, yes. Yeah, I remember him. What is this the half sister, Koso Glue? Uh, she was one of the few holdovers from but when Elmer's Harris glue. was in the Senate. She's leaving uh, to. Sp- oh no, not to spend more time with family. More time, her family. Her yes, her own family. Yes, <laughs> I think these people, even if they don't have families, they're looking around to find one they can spend time with. They, suddenly, bring in foster kids. I mean, do you want to show up in Kamala Harris' office when she says, "You know, I'm, I'm making a speech tomorrow"? It's like, oh no, 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 you're not. In please don't. A year and a half on the job, she's lost at least 13 key staffers. <laughs> chief Which, of staff is gone. The chief spokesman left. The deputy press secretary left. The deputy chief of staff left. And these are big. These are big. Uh, but, but, which, commitments are big. Which is unheard of because it's only a year and a half in. And normally, with a president like Biden, you'd want to stay on board because every morning could be the day that sh- that Harris becomes president. And now you're working in the White House, which is the dream job that most of these uh, political weasels want. They all want to work in the White House. Like, everybody wants to play in the major leagues, right? Well, they're giving up the White House now, even though you know, you know, Biden is, is failing badly every day with his dementia. But they can't, they can't take another minute of Kamala Harris. Yeah, you would think that she's young, she's the VP, she'd be next in line to be president. We're on the way up. So why are they fleeing the sinking right. ship? Because it is a sinking ship. Uh, we now have for you a compilation of Kamala Harris word salad statements, random word generator stuff. It's about four minutes. Now, that- uh, it's been compiled the last year and a half or so. Right, but th- these, these uh, individual uh, speeches are not edited, right? No, we've just strung together about uh, excerpts from 10 different speeches. But within each speech, this is really what she said. And this is why her staff is fleeing. As it relates to what we need to do domestically as well as as what we need to do in terms of this issue generally, we have, as the president said, uh, reevaluated what we're doing in terms of the strategic oil reserve here in the United States to make sure that it will not have an impact or we can mitigate the impact on the American consumer. Let's let's take this one step at a time, understanding that right now on the issue of energy, our allies have stood firm and unified in a way that many of the pundits didn't predict would happen. Um, to ensure that we are we are unified in our approach to this issue. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. What? But just limited to what we have seen. Talking about the significance of the passage of time. What? Right? The significance of the passage of time. <laughs> so when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time Four. when we think about a day in the life of our children. One of the issues that has been presented as an issue that is economic in the way of its impact has been the pandemic. So to that end, we are announcing today also that we will assist Jamaica in COVID recovery um, by assisting in terms of the recovery efforts in Jamaica that have been essential to yes, us it's just what repeating is necessary them. to strengthen not only uh, the, the, the issue of public health, but also the economy. One of the important components of the summit from my perspective is the work that we've been doing with the call to action. 
which is bringing CEOs together at historic numbers to invest in the northern part of Central America. And we announced yesterday that as a result of the work that we only started a year ago, we've already raised $3.2 billion, which is about investing in these countries that are our neighbors as the United States, no. because we are also a member of the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> and one of the things that is without question, when we are able to improve the prosperity and stability of our neighbors, we as a nation benefit. The strength of our nation has always been that despite the odds and the obstacles, we push to move forward, that we are guided by what we see that can be unburdened by what has been. I thought about it as, you know, a parent. We have two children who are in their 20s, a son and a daughter. I thought about it as a godparent of teenagers. I thought of it as an aunt of, of, of preschool children. Oh, and a woman good. yourself. And a woman myself. And a daughter of a woman. Daughter and a granddaughter of a woman. <laughs> we got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. The whole nation should understand and have a level of empathy to understand that this can happen anywhere in any peace-loving community and we should stand together mm. and speak out about why it's got to stop. I think that, to be very honest with you, I, I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled. And that's why I, I do believe, believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times. Together, we are expanding access to transportation. Seems like maybe it's a small issue, it's a big issue. You need to get to go and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Although we should have gotten my favorite was when she was describing Russia invading uh, Ukraine. Ukraine, right. Russia's a big, big country. country. And Ukraine is a little country. Yeah, like Something. we're all three-year-olds who are, she's reading from like a I was book. looking for it and I couldn't find it. It was from folders. a radio interview she did. Uh, and this is probably back in February when it first began. When it first happened, yeah. Well, uh, we well, <laughs> find it while he's at it, but that was fun. <laughs> and there you go. It's a Kamala Harris word salad buffet. We hope you enjoyed it. It's uh, just uh, <laughs> stringing along a number of her statements. <laughs> kind of exhausts you after a while, doesn't it? Yeah, and half the time you can't figure out the issue because no. it's just so hidden under a pile of nonsense. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. And her speechwriter quit. John and Ken can't fight. Well, the New York Times called upon the L.A. County Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, in an interview to explain why L.A. County may reinstate the indoor mask mandate at the end of the month. Um, it looks like a, you know, she's noble. Why are you doing this? Why is Los Angeles going in a different direction than the rest of the state? And, of course, she gives the old equity answer. The disproportionality of the virus affecting communities with higher rates of poverty and black and brown residents. What's that got to do with anything? No, I don't what has that got to do with uh, everyone else putting on masks? That's ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah, well. ridiculous. You know what? They have these all-purpose buzzwords now that's supposed to explain all policy and shut you up. What, what, what does equity have to do with anything? She I, I, wants to completely stop everybody from moving so she but, can stop the virus in the except, entire region. Except that's her only answer to this and has been from the beginning. The Throw a huge blanket that, over everything. But that's that's crazy talk because the, the chief medical officer of L.A. County says there's been no changes in the transmission levels. And uh, there's 
and besides, nobody has any idea how many are testing positive. Another epidemiologist, Paul Holtum, said as of this morning, we have no one in the hospital who has pulmonary disease due to COVID. Nobody in the hospital. Nobody. Nobody who had COVID-19 diseases we would see it in the past. Yeah, none of the questions here from the New York Times interviewer uh, touch much on hospitalizations and people in uh, intensive care. And, and Brad Spellberg is, um, is chief medical officer um, at, for L.A. County and the University of Southern California Medical Center. And the epi- epidemiologist, I assume, works for the same hospital. Yeah, we'll bring along Steve Gregory yeah. after. I, I mean, I, I don't understand. You have major doctors in L.A. County saying ba- that basically this is a load of horse crap. It's an overreaction. Absolutely. So this is why we have a social worker in charge who cares more about racial and economic equity. I, I don't you know, when somebody says starts babbling about equity, I, my brain turns off. It's like, all right, you're pulling some kind of a scam here. What, what, right. what, what are you talking about? Like the way they wrote this, some experts disagree with Ferrer's approach and believe that mandates should be reserved for crisis, which the BA.5 wave has not yet proven to be. There yeah, is no not kidding. There, you know, when, when, when the first wave hit in New York City or in Italy, you could see with your own eyes that crisis, right? You saw the body bags being piled up. You saw the hospitals overflowing into the parking lots. Does anybody feel a sense of crisis right now? One single person other than Barbara Ferrer. Nobody. Nobody even talks about this. All right. We'll get into this after 3 o'clock, and you'll get another keyword, which you can enter at the website for a shot at $1,000. Now we take you to Iran. I don't know, just a random country on the map. For two bizarre stories... The first is a married man who finally had to admit he was having huge bowel problems. He He arrived at a hospital with his wife. She was concerned that he had stopped eating and was having abdominal pain and constipation. Hmm. He didn't want to admit it, but eventually... Let's ask Deborah. What do you think his problem was? He's constipated and he stopped eating. He had too much meat. No, No, that is incorrect. (laughs) Oh, always a singer. <laughs> no, that is incorrect. They did a CT scan, and uh, he didn't want to tell her this, but he had uh, he had jammed a plastic bottle up his rectum, and it got lodged in his intestine. <laughs> There's an actual X-ray picture of the plastic water bottle. Would you Would you like to see the X-ray picture? Of, really. of the plastic water oh, bottle. Oh see. God, that's lovely, John. You look at I that. like you the way that? they put up. They put a yellow arrow to indicate that. where the water bottle right. is. Right. Like, you want to see where like the we couldn't yellow figure that out. You see the yellow arrow. Yeah. Yes, okay. I do. Um, you know, doctors what? at the hospital don't exactly say how the bottle got stuck there, but did say sexual gratification is usually behind these sorts of situations. Well, what else would it be? You can't, Here's a history of depression, it says. You can't accidentally sit that hard on a seven-and-a-half-inch water He wanted bottle. to cheer himself up. So he, <laughs> you, you, that has to be a forcible act. You yeah. know, it's funny. He, he, he wandered around with it for, for a while because he didn't want to tell his wife. Yeah, out of fear. He Embarrassment fe- and fear. <laughs> because, honey, my special friend jammed that up my rectum. Wow. What special friend? <laughs> and why, do, why is he doing that? <laughs> what else are you doing? <laughs> the other Iranian story, which is also really bizarre, we had a wedding, and apparently after the wedding, 
well, some of the guests, or I guess one male, decided to mark the occasion by firing off ceremonial gunshots. It is a custom, but it is now illegal in Iran. And sure enough, one of those stray bullets came down and killed the bride. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Oh, I th- always thought that was so such a stupid practice, firing used, guns in the air straight he, up. He used, yeah, he used an unlicensed hunting rifle. The first shot went off without incident, but a second round went through the bride's skull and brain before hitting two male guests. They don't have a basic understanding of physics. What goes up must come down. Yeah, we'll start with that. Uh, Have they ever noticed that? Like when you toss something up in the air, it always comes down? You would think so. Uh, The shooter, still not named, is reportedly a cousin of the groom. But he fled from the scene with the weapon in tow. Cops caught him some time later. I guess as soon as he realized that somebody got hit with one of his celebratory (laughs) bullets into the air. He ran. It was time to hightail because it Because otherwise, uh oh, looks like Iranian prison time. Will he be executed for this? Or? Well, he should be. Yeah. It's a murder. Yeah. And it's a really stupid one, too. He ought to be executed for being that stupid. Well, apparently, this happened in India last month, too. Uh, a, yeah, a, groom, a... a groom fired the shot. He killed a member of his own wedding party. <laughs> Jesus. What's <laughs> What a species. Is this the most defective species on the planet? You don't see animals doing this to, well, to, to themselves. They eat other animals because they're hungry, but they, oh, they don't. They've got a good animal story for later in the show, though, for Deborah Mark. Oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. We're gonna, and we're going to test her moral compass on this one. Oh, well. Oh, so we can get more moist line callers to call in and complain about my answer? Well, it's not me who left the dog in the street that day. People are not happy with your moral compass. I know. Hey, I just spent uh, 700 bucks at the vet for my, my dog, my, my new dog. This is about the third or fourth time. She has, a, she has a dog with perpetual diarrhea. And it's not a vegan dog. But see, I care. I take the dog to the vet. But you're going to get bankrupted. Yeah, I know. If that never goes okay, away. Okay, but my moral compass, see, I do take care of my dogs. That's not going to be the question. You'll see what it is. (laughs) All right. Coming up next, Steve Gregory. Uh, There are petitions. I've heard of these circulating before to remove Barbara Ferrer as the L.A. County Health Director. But as John and I have been talking about, there's a chief medical officer for L.A. County that says there's no problem at the hospitals right now. That's what we need now is all the other doctors in L.A. County to come out and say, stop this. Yeah, just take her power away. She's not a medical expert. And we need the county board of supervisors. They are her bosses. And say, stop this. Steve will join us next. John and Ken, Deborah Mark has the news, KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 